Welcome to another episode of Mimi Said What. I'm Mimi Robinson, and this is my show where I have unfiltered girlfriend chatter with a dose of entertainment and a side of pop culture. I'm a dope-ass black woman who happens to be a wife, a mom, and still have a life of my own. Mimi, update. So, I feel like I've kind of been kicking it low-key for the last week. Um, Ooh, last weekend I did this dope-ass um, Sister Circle podcast with Ayana and yo, it was so much fun. So um, Ayana is new to podcasting, but once a month, she kind of wants to do this sister circle where she invites some of her homegirls into the mix. And we collectively have a group conversation about various topics, anything related to womanhood, to life, to whatever we want to talk about. And it was so much fun to be a part of. Oddly enough, I think I was the only person in the group who did not know the other members um, I met Ayana through a former friend and she actually was a customer customer of mine back in the day when I was customizing sneakers and that's how I met her but we stayed connected through social over the years and um, she was like she reached out and she was like you were one of the first people I thought of when I had this idea so she wanted you know like dope ass black women check um, boss moms, check, you know, well, a, a well-balanced woman who isn't afraid to share her opinions, all of the things that clearly I embody. Um, and it was a good time. So I can't wait for it to come out. I'll definitely share it with you guys and let you know. Um, what else? Ooh, y'all, I have, did I tell y'all about my sweet tea addiction? I have been on a serious sweet tea kick. Like I've loved sweet tea all my life. I grew up drinking it all my life, but here as of late pandemic addiction, I went to McDonald's because they have my favorite sweet tea. Y'all, I took three empty containers. So if y'all are familiar with Mess in a Bottle, which is one of my favorite brands, well, they actually give you your t-shirts in a bottle. It's a reusable bottle. And I took three of them joints with me, had them piled up in the seat, in the passenger seat of my truck, went to McDonald's ordered three sweet teas and filled up my containers and everything. It's bad, y'all. And then one night we got carry out from Famous Days and they had gallon sweet tea. It was in a bag, which my kids thought was very, very tricky. But yeah, um, subsequently, I have also instituted a water schedule into said diet. So I don't end up with diabetes because I be sucking the tea down. So I am making a very, very conscious effort to make sure that I am also consuming enough water sans the sugar. Ooh, but we about to spring, about to get sprung. And that's the best time for sweet tea. I don't know. I'm gonna just keep doing my thing. But yeah, um, I could make it. I'm well aware. I know how to make it well aware. I don't want to make it. I feel like there's enough things stressing me out in the world right now. I don't need to worry about making the perfect sweet tea when McDonald's got it covered. Famous Dave's got it covered. Even Popeye's. Listen, I'm contributing to society and helping to ensure that these people are gainfully employed. They are welcome. All right, moving on. So, We aren't officially in spring, although my allergies say otherwise, but we sprung forward. Um, Spring and forward can be quite an adjustment sometimes. Now, as much as I am excited about it because it means more daylight hours, sometimes the adjustment can be hard. And this time, I think I'll be okay. So says me one day in. Um, I really struggle with the time change in the fall. I think it was all that being in the house, but I want more daylight. I want us to be able to get outside more and stuff like that. So I'm here for it. I don't have small babies. I don't have any schedules to work about. I mean, to worry about being thrown off or anything of the such. So with that said, um, I sucked up the sun, sucked up. I soaked up the sun. (laughs) So my sister came by my great nieces yesterday and we all hung out at the tennis court, um, Nori and I love to go to the tennis court to practice roller skating. Um, But my great nieces are itty bitties. They're four and five. And so they had scooters. They were so cute, y'all. They had their helmets, their elbow pads, their knee pads. And they do not know how to skate on a scooter. (laughs) 
<laughs> but we were outside at the tennis court. I had my skates on for a little bit and it was just nice one to be outside and two to just see the girls and listen to them laugh and play. And my sister and I kikied while the girls were twirling and spinning and falling and all kind of stuff around us. So it was, um, it was a really nice day. And then we had two days, three days earlier in the week that were high. Like y'all, we hit 80. It was hot in the DMV area. Um, so one day Nori and I were out soaking it up. I took her to the playground and she played. There were actually people playing tennis at the tennis court, so we could not skate. <laughs> but that was our plan. And then my bestie T came over and we had a bestie play date in the garage, my garage. Um, so in the double car garage, I pulled the vehicles out, set up this big long table, and we sat at each end and we had sangria and fruit and we had some uh, shrimp Caesar salad, which was delicious. And we got to cackle in person in a way we had not been able to do. And then um, I told y'all about the projector. So I bust out the projector and we watched Coming to America um, in the garage. So she hadn't seen it. I had seen it already. So we watched it together. But it was nice just to do social. I'm definitely going to be more intentional as the weather warms up consistently to do more of that. I've already decided that I'm going to have this garden picnic or this garden brunch-ish, if you will, in the backyard. I've already bought all of the decor for it and everything. Like, I'm so serious. I have been a cage bird for a year. Our coronaversary is here. The pandem pandemonium of the pandemic is still pending and I'm still in the house, y'all. So a year ago today... I soaked up the last free weekend before the shutdown. I did not know that we'd be here a year later. Nevertheless, um, it's crazy because I vividly remember that weekend. I got a haircut that Friday, which is the last time I've seen my barber. I've not seen my barber in a year. Oh, no, I'm not bitter. I don't sound bitter. Anyway, um, and then that Saturday, I got my eyebrows done and I got my nails done. Also haven't been back to any of those places in a year. And then that Sunday, I was a model for my photographer Detod's uh, student photography class. That is the last time. The last time I have had any kind of beauty grooming. Eyebrows ain't been waxed. I plucked the nails off like two months into the pandemic quarantine. And so that's not even a thing anymore. Um, but yeah, a whole ass year for something we thought was going to be two weeks, maybe a month. And ooh, look at us now. I'm still scratching and surviving, y'all. I'm not hanging in a child line, but damn it, I feel like it's just as hard a year later, if not harder than it was going into things. So that is it for your Mimi update. All right, so let's get into some pop culture. Okay, so first things first. If you continue to rap the song, you are my people. Anyway, <laughs> so there is a new comedy coming out according to Deadline called Saturdays. I'm not their target audience, but I'm going to watch. So this new comedy is being produced by Marseille Martin, who is, you know, one of the brilliant many talents in Blackish. Um, she also put out the movie Little, and she has gotten a pilot ordered by Disney. Listen, Marseille, I think Marseille is like 16 now. She kicks ass, and this is just another notch on her belt. So, the comedy is about a young girl and her competitive roller skating crew. Y'all know how I feel about roller skates so I love the story so the young girl's name is Paris Johnson and um she is played by Danielle I don't know who that is she's a 13 year old um anyway so according to the pilot this young lady um Paris is the character's name is has spent her life just like all about roller skating and she's determined to make it to the top Here's the plot twist, though. She has sickle cell, which I love. I freaking, freaking love because 
Sickle cell is such a under-discussed medical issue. Now, a lot of people can get sickle cell, but it is largely centered in um, the Black community. So I love that this new show will shed a light on sickle cell and what that experience is like. So I think that's very smart. Um, And I'm excited to see how this all comes together. So Omar Gooding, who is the brother to Cuba Gooding Jr., is playing the dad. And Golden Brooks, who was Maya on Girlfriends, will play the mom. And then Yolanda Whitaker, a.k.a. Yo-Yo, is... um, has a role in it. So she is the roller rink owner and her <laughs> her character's name is Duchess and she owns the roller skating rink that Paris and her friends and stuff will be hanging out. So I'm super excited. It sounds like it's something targeted more to my daughter, which is fine, but I will check it out for sure. Um, Marseille created her own production company and everything. So yes, little sis, yes. All right. So did you know that Donnell, Donnell, Donald's Glover um, has a new partnership with Amazon. Somehow I missed that and I don't know how. So he has inked an overall deal with Amazon. And he is bringing along Malia Obama for the ride. She is going to join him as one of his staff writers for an upcoming project. This is according to the Grio. That is so dope. So if you didn't know, Malia um, is a student at Harvard. And in 2015, she interned for HBO series Girls, which I've never watched, but was hugely popular. And so she has some experience. She's, you know, dipped a toe in the pond a little bit. So I think this is an incredible opportunity for the both of them. Um, So Donald Glover, obviously, you know, musically, you know him as Childish Gambino, but he had the show Atlanta and he was the voice of Simba in The Last Lion King. So... (laughs) he been working um so the new project is called hive and get this the series is already in development and it's centered around a beyonce like figure Hmm. so no details on the release so we'll have to stay tuned for that but um i'm definitely gonna check that one out as well all right moving on so kevin hart is Uh, has a new project coming out with Netflix. Um, He also has a deal with them. And his um, new project is a comedy, of course. We're not surprised. (laughs) That's what Kevin Hart is known for. So it's called Me Time. And the premise is a stay-at-home dad who finds himself with some me time for the first time in years while his wife and kids are away. (laughs) So he reconnects with his former best friend for a wild weekend It sounds real hangover-like. So Kevin Hart's deal with Netflix has him starring and producing in at least four features, um, which is really, really dope for him. So their goal is to shoot the project later this year. We'll have to hold our mule and see, but um, I'll check it out. I am, I'd say I'm a fan of Kevin Hart's work. I'm generally entertained, so I'll definitely check that out and report back. All right, and then um, Barack Obama has taken his very soothing voice to the airwaves. (laughs) So he has a new-ish podcast. I say new-ish because it has been out for a little bit now. So President Obama, uh, our forever president, and Bruce Springsteen partnered and launched a podcast. I think that is so dope. I feel like they are an unlikely pair, but obviously they must be kindred spirits. So the podcast is called Renegades Born in the USA, and it will have eight episodes. Um, They'll do with, do what middle-aged men typically do. (laughs) So they'll relive some of their glory days, but they'll also talk about race and fatherhood and the state of the country, which there's so much to talk about there. Um... And it's being produced by um, President Obama's production company. So that's really dope. It's available on Spotify. And I said new-ish, I told you, because they already um, started. And one of the stories that came out was President Obama revealed how he once (laughs) punched one of his friends in the mouth because he called him a racial slur. 
I will chin check a motherfucker if you come at me wrong. Please be very clear. I'm a really nice woman. I'm a really happy-go-lucky woman. But if you cross me, I will be forced to treat you like a bitch on the street. And that may include you getting chin-checked in your motherfucking mouth for coming at me wrong. And a racial slur is the sure way to see that all unfold. So... He shared the story. He said this was his first time sharing the story, but he was in school and one of his friends that he played basketball with, they got into a fight and he called him a racial slur. And yeah, um, he had to let him know. So he popped him in the face and broke his nose. I hope I, I feel like the message was received loud and clear. Now, I don't really know because sometimes people like to play the victim, even though they started some shit. But it's not like President Obama finished it. So he said they were in the locker room when this ha- happened. But um, don't ever call him something like that. I feel you. Don't ever call me or anyone else something like that. The minute you do, please expect to get popped in your mouth. All right, moving on. So... Um, two besties have decided they need a talk show. That is Tisha Campbell and Tashina Arnold, um, aka Pam and Gina, um, who have been friends since they were children and they, they are best friends in real life. So they have a new talk show and they said they are putting a twist on celebrity interviews. So it'll be an intimate and candid conversation with celebrity guests, friends, and, you know, other public figures and stuff. So. I don't know when that's supposed to come out, but because the pandemic is still strong and wrong, they'll start filming from their homes. Um, I don't know if I'm committed to that. <laughs> Sometimes they can be too much for me. Um, but yeah, if you are interested, keep an eye out for it. All right. So our B.O.'s counterparts, our forever first lady, Michelle Obama, is being inducted in a Women's Hall of Fame. And that is dope. There is no better person than her. So it won't take place until October. It will, however, take place in New York. But according to CNN, uh, Michelle Obama is one of nine women who were hand selected by a panel for consideration and nomination. So The incoming class of 2021 includes renowned writer Octavia E. Butler, um, former chairman and CEO of Pepsi Company, Indra Nuyi, it looks like. I'm sorry, I probably butchered her name. I don't know how to say it correctly. And then the late Katherine Johnson, who was NASA's first black female engineer. Um, And yeah, I think that's dope. But while we're in this space, let's keep going on. Octavia Butler. So, according to Essence, NASA just named the Mars um, Perseverance rover landing site after Octavia Butler. Let me tell you, as black women, we are so fucking magical. So, the 2020 Mars Perseverance mission is an extension of NASA's Moon to Mars Exploration Initiative. And it includes the Artemis explorations to the moon. And they are getting... Uh, prepared for human exploration on Mars. Yeah, I'm good for that. Um, (laughs) So for more than three decades, they have continued to like name these landing sites from iconic figures, which is dope. And um, now Octavia is up to bat. It is her turn to be honored and celebrated. Um, And I think that is dope. Um, Yeah, so she's a black science fiction author, and I think that is fitting. All right, what else is going on? So we have a new documentary coming. And you know what? I really wanted to talk to y'all about this because when I saw it, I wasn't sure how I felt. Um, And I want to know how you feel about it. So here's what's taking place. HBO Max is putting out a documentary. And two weeks March 27th it comes out that's about two weeks it'll come out on HBO Max and then in the later on in the spring it'll come out on DVD and all that other stuff well um hmm, um the documentary is about Tina Turner and it will feature like details about her life and career and here is why I am conflicted 
because I feel like I got all of that information from what's love got to do with it. And so I'm feeling like, uh, but do we really need this? I don't know. Now, I love Tina Turner. I wouldn't consider myself a fan, but I really like her. So I definitely check it out. Plus, I love a good documentary. Um, But yeah, so it's 60 years worth of life and career experiences that will be shared. It'll also feature interviews from people who know her the best to include Angela Bassett, who played her incredibly. Oh, my God. And what's love got to do with it? So I'm going to stay tuned. I told you it's happening on the 27th, so just a couple short weeks. But I don't have high expectations. Now, if they share like information and unseen footage and stuff like that we've never seen or heard before, then I think that will be dope. But I definitely feel like I need more than what I got from the movie, which the movie was long as hell. It was a long ass movie. So we'll see. Um, Tina Turner is also one of the nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class of 2021. So inductees will be announced in May. But yeah, very, very interesting. Um, Like I said, I love a good documentary. I just feel like the movie gave us so much. What else could you share that we don't know? All right. Lastly, for pop culture, my boo, (sighs) Lena Waithe is at it again. She out here. Lena Waithe stays out here. Let me just tell you, okay? She stays out here in these streets. She is never not working. And she's young. So by all means, sis, get your money, get your money. So, little Marvin. I feel like we talked about this, but we're going to run it back again. All right. So, it's a thriller. I told y'all I don't like thrillers. I don't like scary shit because I'm scary as hell. It's coming out on April 9th, so you don't have long. And part of me wants to watch it through my fingertips just because I freaking love, love, love Lena Waithe. And I feel like I should just support her because I love Lena Waithe. (laughs) So it's um, set in the 1950s. And it centers around a black family who moves from North Carolina to an all-white L.A. neighborhood during a period known as the Great Migration. So uh, the family's idyllic home becomes ground zero where um, forces next door and otherworldly threaten to taunt, ravage, and destroy them. Ooh, I'm way too punkish for this shit. (laughs) But it's coming. Um, Yeah, I'll definitely be curled up under babe like a small child tuned in to see. So that is it. That is all for your pop culture update. All right, so let's get into what Mimi is watching. I feel like I did a solid ass job watching the Tazoob this week. So, oh, what was the most exciting thing I watched? I don't even know. All right, so Station 19 and Grey's Anatomy returned. I didn't even know they were scheduled to return. I had lost track of them. And honestly, I didn't miss them, y'all, which says a lot, but whatevs. So, in true fashion, their return was a crossover episode. Um, Now, this is season four, episode six for Station 19, which comes on first. And President Biden's address definitely interrupted my recording on the DVR. So, I ended up having to watch it on demand. Um, So, when Station 19 last left us, they left us hanging after the black members of the fire department had guns pulled out on them. They were assaulted by the police. It was all kind of racist police bullshit going on when they broke into this man's house because he had kidnapped some girls. Um, so there's that part. Now, um, Grey's Anatomy left us hanging with De- DeLuca running out into the parking lot because he saw the lady who was sex trafficking girls in a prior season at the hospital again. So that was the premise. Um, I enjoyed Station 19. I think it was a very well done episode. I'm fucking over Grey's Anatomy. And I'm a longtime fan, y'all. A longtime fan, but I'm so over it. It's so dry. It's not exciting. I was already tired of DeLuca's storyline. Spoiler alert, he's no longer a part of their story. Um, I'm uh, over this Meredith Grey having COVID and her life hanging in a balance. And is she dead? Is this heaven on the beach that we keep seeing? These cl- I'm over all that shit. 
I don't care. I don't care at all. Grey's Anatomy has been on life support for quite some time and I'd much rather them just pull the fucking plug. So there's that. Um, But Station 19 is its own man and it can go on on its own. And it was a really good episode. Also returning, Good Girls. I watched, I don't care. I deleted the DVR recording. No longer interested. This is their last season anyway, but yeah, don't care. All right, moving on. So this morning I watched Yesterday, which is a new movie on Netflix. And y'all, it is such a cute movie. It's a family movie. Gather the children around and watch, watch on your own, whatever. I watched on my own. So I hadn't heard about it before. I literally had just turned on Netflix. I had finished watching a movie I had pre I had previously started. And I like to look at what's trending on Netflix and just read the descriptions. And then, you know, when you do that, you see the trailer. And I was like, oh, this looks cute. It's a movie. I have a little bit of time, not enough to get like into a series. So I was like, I'll watch it. Loved it. So um, the premise of this movie is that um, the parents always feel like they're saying no to their kids. And they decide to give their three kids a yes day. So a yes day took place within 24 hours of the day and they say yes to the things that the kids want 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 to buy want to do want to whatever now it does come with some rules and some guidelines but it did require them to step outside of their comfort zones and just say yes and it was such a cute episode it definitely made me want to try the same thing with my kids um so it stars jennifer garner who Everybody knows who she is. Uh, Jenna Ortega, who I knew her face was familiar, but I could not quite place her. She's a really good actress. Y'all, she is Ellie from the Netflix show You. Oh, such a cutie pie. Also, she was in Jane the Virgin and a bunch of other kid stuff. I never watched Jane the Virgin, but if you did, then you would definitely recognize her. And then there was Edgar Ramirez, who played the father. And yeah, I don't recall seeing him, although he was in The Undoing definitely not watching American Crime Story um and he was in Bright which I saw but I don't recall anyway the people in that movie looked all weird and dressed up so that was it and then there's um two other kids so uh Julian Lerner don't know any of his stuff he's a kid um a kid actor and then Everly who was a new kid actor she was the youngest sister she was really cute but yeah I wasn't familiar um It's a feel-good movie. It's a quick watch. It's an easy watch. Like I said, it's family-friendly. And then um, Nasir and I watched Lupin. Lupin. Um, Anyway, so that's an old Netflix series at this point. But I never watched when it came out. And then he and I watched while I was doing his hair last week. And so it was good. I'm definitely tardy to life's party. I know you probably already saw it. If you have not though, do check it out. It was really good. It's only like four or five episodes. They're long, but it's not like a long series. And um, a long time ago, I shared that they've been renewed for season two. So there is more to come. Um, Yeah. So what else? Ooh, 911. Yeah. So... Marsha Warfield guest starred as Hen's mother on 911 and I freaking love 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 Marsha Warfield if you do not know she who she is she's the beloved woman from Night Court (laughs) which was a show I recall watching as a kid um I had the honor and pleasure of meeting her on the red carpet um one time where were we we were in Harlem so uh I had babe with me we were doing press on the red carpet for a comedy award show and I got to chat with her so down to earth everything I thought she'd be and more she was the perfect person to play Hen's mother because she looked like she could have gave birth to him um she shook up the episode a little bit <laughs> but it was a feel-good episode and now 911 is on a break until April 19th so we got a month to talk amongst ourselves before they return. All right. Then there was The Resident. <sighs> it was a solid episode. Nothing spectacular. It further solidifies my hate for Kane. Every episode, I hate him more and more and more. Kane is played by Morris Chestnut. Um, and this episode was no different. Now, what I am curious is to see how this tiff this tiff (laughs) with AJ and Kane is going to play out in regards to Mina they are also on break until April so you're gonna have to hold your mute I want to say they're on break so maybe April 13th or something like that it's in the teens so 
we got to put a pause on that and talk among ourselves while they're on break. And then what else did I watch? Oh, I watched Last Chance You on Netflix, y'all. This is not my kind of show. (laughs) This is not my kind of show at all. But my husband loves this show. And when he watches, um, there are times where I'll be in the room. I may even be up under him, but doing my own thing in his presence. But this is his show. Um, So it's a series that follows um, athletic teams um, that aren't major programs. And like they don't get a whole lot of attention. So it's like the last chance for these kids to get their shit together before it's too late. Hence the name Last Chance You. Um, so we've watched it about football teams and this one, this season was about a basketball team. And as much as it's not my zhuzh while I was doing his hair, I got sucked into it while watching with him. And so I had to see it through to the end. And it's, I mean, they are feel good shows. They're always coaches who, um, who fill in the gap. They offer these kids tough love. They offer them love. They offer them friendship, structure. They're looking to give these kids a second chance. Hell, sometimes it's a third or fourth chance, depending on the kid's story. And um, this particular team, they were headed to play the championships. And they're playing basketball. They're playing for a chance to get to the championship. And then they wanted to play. And then um, in this particular series as it's going on it ends right at the start of the pandemic so you see all of that play out but it was a good show I enjoyed it um (laughs) and then when Babe was like so you want to watch the last episode he was like I know you invested and he was right I am because I'm a sucker for a feel-good story so um (laughs) if you have not watched it you could definitely check it out um If your boo likes sports and stuff like this, this is something great for him to watch. It is definitely, I feel like, more men who watch this show probably than women. But um, you can if you want to because it's your business. Okay, so I appropriately titled this episode Coming to America with Meghan and Harry because we are going to get into these two things. Coming to, number two, America, came out And I feel like you guys have had a solid amount of time to watch and tell me what you think. Of course, I'm going to tell you what I think. Now, since it came out, I have watched Coming to America two and a half times. I stopped because I had to go to Ikea. You're not surprised. So before I get started on Coming to America first, there are a few things to note. The original Coming to America is a classic. However, it was not a classic when it debuted in 1988. Movies are not instant classics. It takes time for a movie to become a classic. To compare the second one to the first one just doesn't make any sense to me. Because you're comparing a new release to a classic. You need to compare a new release to a new release. And you likely don't remember what the energy was around the movie when it debuted in 1988. Hell, depending on how old you are listening to this podcast, your black ass, white ass, or any color ass probably wasn't even born at that time. So with that said, I went into this movie with no expectations. I am not someone who is swayed by critics or reviews. I'm not someone who is like, oh, I'm not going to watch it because somebody said it was trash. Well, I don't agree with people all the time. And people look for different things in a movie. I go to TV for sheer enjoyment and entertainment. I have told you before, I don't always need a deep plot line. I don't need thought-provoking TV. Sometimes I want mindless fucking entertainment. And that is okay. So, like I said, I had no expectations. Now, I did have questions. So, my questions were based on what I heard about the storyline And that was it. So we heard that Prince Akeem had a son. Well, based on the first movie, how the fuck did he get a son? How did that occur? So that was one of my questions. I needed them to make it make sense. And I will say they do explain it in the movie if you have not seen it. Um, We also heard a lot of talk about all of the people in the movie. I needed to make sense of that. I needed to know and wanted to know. One, what was their purpose? What was their role? And 
two, what was that going to look like? So notoriously, whenever there are a bunch of celebrities in one movie, it's trash. <laughs> That's less largely how it happens. Um, I didn't feel that way about this movie. Now, there is one other movie that comes to mind that is an exception to this rule, and it's called New Year's Eve. There's a shit ton of people in the movie New Year's Eve. I absolutely adore it. Adore it. And I think it's a good movie, even though there are a lot of cameos and celebrities in it. So my husband and I watched and he felt like it was a watered down family version of the original coming to America. That I can agree with. There aren't many curse words. (laughs) The bathers were not naked like they were in the first movie, like he pointed out to me. Um... And one scene, Akeem says MF instead of motherfucker. And they said your royal parts are clean versus the original where they say your royal penis is clean, your highness. That is one of my favorite quotes from the first movie. So the original movie was rated R, which I did not quite realize until Babe and I were having this discussion. And this one is PG-13. Now, um... I assume that that was intentionally done. I don't know the why behind behind it, but it was. Um, what I'll say, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the movie for what it is. I enjoyed the movie. I felt like it was a family reunion of the first episode. It warmed my heart to see the various characters that they brought back for the second movie. It was like... Oh, look at someone. So, oh, they brought him back too. Oh, they brought her back. Like, that's how I felt about it. Um, So, I recently saw, who was it? Popcorn and Tequila, Shay. Shay Wiley. Um, Shay did a review and she felt like, what did it say? Oh, she wondered if white people wrote the script because she felt like some of the commentary was offensive. I was fine with it. So one of the things that I don't like is I don't like that the world has become overtly sensitive about everything. Um, I feel like the things they should be sensitive about, they go about them in the wrong way. I believe comedians should be able to exercise comedy. Now, yes, comedy can be offensive sometime. um, Or no, let me walk that back. Comedy can offend some people sometime. I get that. Richard Pryor didn't give a shit. Um, I think some of it may be your upbringing as well. Um, If you grew up on the Richard Pryors and the Red Foxes and the old school Eddie Murphy, eh, probably a little tougher about your skin because they were no holds barred kind of comedians. I respect that. Um, I also believe that everything isn't for everybody, um, but I was not bothered and or triggered by some of the things that they said in the movie where some people might be. So let's get into the cast. Of course, there was Eddie Murphy and he reprised several of his characters from the original movie, as did Arsenio Hall, who was Simi. Um, <laughs> he definitely reprised his roles. Sexual Chocolate is in the movie. Um, and then there was Jermaine Fowler, who is, I guess, the newish star. He is um, Prince Akeem's son. Um, oddly enough, he has ties to the DMV area. I didn't know that. He His character is Lavelle Johnson. Um, but they talked about it on the local news, which is how I know. And then there was Leslie Jones, who is his mother. She is the baby mama, if you will. Um, there was Tracy Morgan, who is the the long lost son's uncle so he is the brother to leslie jones he's affectionately known as uncle reem um there was kiki lane who plays mika and she's prince akeem's and lisa's oldest daughter first of all she is stunning and she was such a badass in the movie then there's um lisa (laughs) shari headley who we already know who she is there's James Earl Jones. He's back as King Jaffe Jofa. Um, and then there's fucking Wesley Snipes, y'all. He was General Izzy. And General Izzy is the bro- brother to Vanessa Bell Calloway's character, who Vanessa Bell Calloway is also in the movie reprising her character. General Izzy was funny as fuck. So there are 
one to now three movies that come to mind that I absolutely adore Wesley Snipes in. Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar, when he's dressed like Noxima. Um, he was hilarious in that movie. Dolomite is my name. He was fucking hilarious in that movie. And now coming to America, he was funny as hell in this movie. He was definitely a breakout star of this movie and one of my favorites for sure. All right, so there was John Amos, who was from Good Times. <laughs> he was also Cleo McDowell in the first movie. Um, Tayana Taylor is in the movie, and I was like, huh? But she fits in. She is the daughter of uh, General Izzy, played by Wesley Snipes. Um, and there is Paul Bates. Um, he's much older, but he's still singing. He still got vocals for uh, She Is Your Queen to Be. Um, there was Bella Murphy. So um, she was Oma. Um, she plays her dad's daughter. <laughs> so she's Eddie Murphy's daughter. Um, Morgan Freeman was in it. He was funny as hell. Um, Rotimi from Power was in it. Um, he was the son of General Izzy, I believe, was his character. Louis Anderson is back in it from the original as Maurice. Trevor Noah was in it. He was a reporter. He was he was funny. Garcia, um, Garcelle Beauvais, she's back. She was one of the Rose Bearers in the very first episode. And now she's the Rose Bearers priestess, so she's in charge. <laughs> and then there's Donnie Savage, who was a very, 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 very chocolate male model. He's very good looking. So handsome. So handsome. Um, Rick Ross was in it. I found out Rick Ross was in it. Um, and that the palace that you see in Zamunda is Rick Ross's house in Atlanta. So that kind of explains that. I don't know if they had intentions of including him in the movie prior to using his home. But if they did not, then that is why. <laughs> um, and I think the home used to belong to Evander Holyfield back in the day, which is just a random fact. So... I already told you Wesley Snipes is funny as hell. Every time he was on a screen, he was doing something foolish. So he posted a video. So he's doing a lot of dancing in this movie. And uh, Wesley Snipes posted a video on Instagram. And he said the dancing he was doing was improv. And that shit makes it even funnier for me. Listen. Oh my God. From the minute we see him on the screen. You, you just laughing. You like. What? First of all, you might be like, who is that? <laughs> and then why is that? Like, he's so funny. Oh, my God. So in this video on Instagram, he shared that there was actually a choreography class. And a lot of the dances that the other people are doing are, in fact, choreographed and rehearsed. But he missed it. So he had to freak it on his own. <laughs> And I, I don't know what he would have done otherwise, but this was so good. I swear. So, so freaking funny. So, um, what else? Oh, so noticeably absent from um, this movie was Aileon, the queen of Zamunda. And she's absent because she died. Um, she died back in December of 1995. Apparently, she had a long 13-year battle with leukemia, and she died at 57. She was so young. Um, so she was the voice of Mufasa's wife in The Lion King, the original. And then during her time, her 20-year career, she appeared in 27 TV shows and 17 films. Um, yeah, so they do reference her, which I think is really nice. So they did not forget about her, but yeah. Um, there are a few quotables from this movie. Um, there are definitely some funny lines that I would say again. I think uppity bitch say what is probably at the top of that list. <laughs> at the top of that list. Um, so there are some people who love it. There are some people who hate it. I always say watch it for yourself and decide how you feel about it. And then share it with me because I want to know. Um, did you have expectations? Did you feel disappointed? Did you feel like it lived up to the hype? Like what or are your thoughts based on how all of this played out? Um, like I said, I've watched it two and a half times. And I will dare to say that I'll actually watch it again. 
Okay, so I told you this was coming to America with Meghan and Harry. So let's get into the royal interview that has taken the interwebs and news and media by storm for the last week. It was a week ago when that shit dropped. So um, Meghan and Harry sat down with Oprah for a CBS interview special on last Sunday. And um, it was highly anticipated and it did not disappoint. I have been mildly obsessed with um, all of this since it came out. Now, I don't, uh, I'm mildly fascinated by the royals. Um, not fascinated enough that I just look at them or think about them like on my own time. But when something comes about, like I was really excited to attend virtually, of course, duh, Ma- uh, Megan and Harry's wedding. I was so excited about all of the hubbub about Buckingham Palace leading up to the wedding. I was so excited for there to be a black woman, a part of the royal family and all of this other stuff. Um, I have a very Americanized vision. Well, pre-interview, let me say that of the royal family, of how it worked. Um, I had no real knowledge, but I watched The Crown. (laughs) So I had seen a couple seasons of The Crown and I had a good understanding of how it goes. Um, So um, I was immediately like, ooh, plus Harry has always been the royal favorite. In the media, he has always seemed like the only one with a personality, with a social, like he seemed like a good time. Like he was a cool guy. If there was anyone in the monarch you wanted to hang out with, I feel like Harry was that guy. And so it was no surprise that he'd married a woman (laughs) and he was a little bit cuckoo for the cocoa. Anyway, so this interview, large in part, it was Megan and then Harry joined in. So there are some things that they shared that I did not know that were really sweet. And then there was some things that they shared that was like uppity bitch say what? All right, so let's get into it. So one of the things I did not know is that they got married three days before the glamorous TV wedding that I attended. So, um... The TV wedding, I'm sure, is protocol, right? Um, But they wanted a private and very intimate wedding, which they had and did three months before the big shebang that we watched on TV, which I love. All right. So that was really sweet and endearing and endearing. Um, The other thing that we recently found out um, was that Megan and Harry are expecting baby number two. So they have Archie already. And um, prior to making this baby announcement, which came out before Oprah, they shared that she ha- she shared that she had miscarriages and that it was hard. So this is their rainbow, ba- rainbow baby. Um, but Oprah asked about the gender and she said she would share it once Harry joined them. And so Harry shared with us that it's a girl, which I think is so perfectly cute. So. Um, baby Archie is getting a little sister and she is due this summer. All right. So, um, I think this next piece might be the last sweet and endearing part of the interview. (laughs) So when they came to America, what I did not know is that, um, Tyler Perry is the one who really looked out for them. So when they left Buckingham, um, they were in Canada And apparently that's when shit started to hit the fan. Um, You know, they were wanting to be a, I want to say inactive member of the royal family. I don't know if that's the correct word. They wanted to step back. They didn't want to quit. They wanted to step back. There are lots of members of the royal family who do not have prominent positions. So this is not unheard of. There are lots of them. So they wanted to take a back seat. So when they were in Canada... Should start hitting the fan. And that's when they found out that Harry would no longer be provided security. And so that meant when they came to America that they would also not have it. So Tyler Perry, being the amazingly giving man that he is and has proven to be time and time again, um, did just that. He gave. So he gave them a house to stay at while they were looking for a home in California. 
and he provided paid security for them during that time. Now they have since purchased their own home and they're settled and all of that other stuff. But um, yeah, so their concern was after Harry lost his security detail that they no longer felt safe. And so Tyler filled that gap for them. Um, I feel like Megan and Harry shared their truth. They shared their experience and they were a class act all the way. To hear the things that they later shared and to to know that these things were done to them and they still took the high road is so mature. Like Oprah would ask deeper questions and they'd say, I don't feel comfortable sharing that. Or Oprah would ask who and they said, at one point Megan said, I don't want, no, maybe, yeah, I think it was Megan said, I don't want to say who because it could ruin them. Here, they are the victims in the situation, but they are protecting somebody else. Somebody else who doesn't give two shits about them. Do you know how fucking mature you have to be to take the high road? When Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. This was like the epitome of that. And my mind was blown. I was up until one o'clock in the morning, like a crazy person watching this interview last week. So essentially the Royals decided to cut them off. They cut them off and they get no royal money, no royal anything. So they are living off the money that Princess Diana left for Harry um, at her time of death. And he said he feels like she knew this was coming and she wanted to make sure that he would be taken care of. Um, Now, since this interview dropped, a whole bunch of shit has come out. So in the interview, Megan talked about how they were not supported. She shared how she wanted to commit suicide and she had gone to, oh my God. So when they refer to them as the institution and the firm, it gives them a whole new look and feel, right? So when you hear the royal family or the queen, it sounds far more glamorous. When you refer to them as the firm and the institution, it is a more realistic depiction of how this all goes down. So she went to the firm or she went to the institution about her mental health needs. And they were just like, yeah, suck it up. This is, oh, excuse me. Welcome to royal life. And this is how it goes down. We all have to deal with it. That's it. If someone comes to you and says, I'm thinking about killing myself. I no longer want to live. And your only response is, There's nothing we can do. We all go through it. Do you know how fucking sad that is? Sad. Somebody has come to you saying they are barely hanging on and they want to let go. And that is your response. What in the name? Okay, so that was just one part. So then when Harry comes in, you know, he backs up her assertions. She said she went through all the proper protocols and there are a lot of fucking protocols. So here's the thing. The queen... Well, I'm torn. So it sounds like the queen doesn't have as much power as us non-royal, non-UK people, Americans think. On one hand, I feel that way. On the other hand, I don't. Now, um, the royal family is very much a part of a political game. So they are who they are, but there are a lot of limits to things too. Like the institution is definitely in charge. They are the ones keeping the wheels going. And what they don't determine is important or worth it or necessary doesn't happen. So um, they also talked about the racist treatment, um, the racism that has taken place and the racist treatment and unfairness of Megan from the media and that shit, you can't deny it. So there are simple articles that like, oh, look at Kay. She is cradling her bump and she's so motherly and loving. And then Megan do the same thing. And they be like, oh my God, I'm, she's so obnoxious. She's always cradling her baby bump. That's what the fuck you do when you're pregnant. But why y'all so excited about this girl? But you trashing this girl for doing the same thing. So one of the other big things that came out is that there was this story that Megan made Kate cry. And they were like, oh my God, Megan's like this monster, right? Again, UK media dragged her for filth. And then Megan says it was the exact opposite. That Kate did something to her and made her cry leading up to the wedding. She also said that Kate apologized to her. 
But she didn't air Kate out. And even when Oprah pressed, she said no, she wouldn't talk about it in any greater detail than she had already shared. But the royal family allowed the media to drag Meghan for filth and paint her out as the villain when she was the victim. Oh, it was a lot, y'all. It was a whole lot. Um, there was no surprise that Buckingham Palace in all of the UK were going to have a lot to say. In large in part, a lot of the media over there trashed her. They were like, oh, she's disrespecting the queen. Here's the crazy thing. Her and Harry said nothing, nothing bad about the queen. Not only did they not say anything bad about the queen, they had glowing things to say about her. Meghan said that when she met the queen, she had always welcomed her with open arms. She was loving to her. They had great experiences. She shared a time when they had gone out together and they had a good time. And she said she felt nothing but warm and fuzzy feelings from the queen. But people see what they want to see and they have a narrative that they want to push. And ultimately, that's what they did in the media. Um, So another bombshell was someone was asking or concerned about, air quotes around concerned, how dark Harry's skin complexion, nope, not Harry, how dark Archie's skin complexion was going to be. Meghan Markle is Barely tan, barely tan. And I don't care if she's barely tan or she was blue black. Why would you, why would you ask that? But in particular, she's barely tan. How black did you think this baby was going to come out? Her mother is black, but her dad is not. How tan did you, did you think she was going to come out with a black ass baby? Like, not only is it insensitive, it's ignorant. It is so ignorant. So, Shockingly, Buckingham Palace released a statement and they said the British royal family is saddened to learn how challenging the last few years have been for Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, calling the allegations of racism made by the couple in an interview with Oprah concerning Buckingham Palace said in a statement on Tuesday. Right. So they also said that they would handle these things privately. Um. It was a very politically correct response um, to handle it privately. To me, kind of suggests that they won't do anything about it. Um, I think uh, one of the things Harry shared in an interview is he thought this would be a shining time for the monarch to embrace and celebrate having a woman who one is not born into the royal family, but is black. Like that was such a missed opportunity for them. They were like, Megan is an incredible asset to them in that regard. And they pissed it away. It's too late. Um, Harry said that he was trapped. And if it wasn't for Megan, he'd still be trapped. He didn't know he was trapped and that his father and his brother were trapped. Now, when it came to the question of um, baby Archie's skin color, he did make it very clear that it did not come from his grandmother and it did not come from his grandfather. Everybody else is in play. He only exonerated, for the lack of a better term, his grandparents, saying that they did not ask that. It was not them. Um, there was all kind of crazy stuff that went on that um, baby Archie wasn't going to get a title, which means he didn't get security, like all of this stuff. So essentially, they wanted to change the rules for their child that is different from what they had always done. Like they went out of their way to change the rulings to fit this mistreatment of Archie. It's crazy, y'all. It's really crazy. Um, What was interesting is Megan said that she never looked up the royal family. And honestly, so our local news, our Fox 5 local news here, um, they had a Brit- British lady on and she's um married into the royal family on some level. And she's also a media person. And she said, even if you had Googled, nothing you could find would prepare you for what you were going to experience. And she said, it's hard. It is hard. Now, um, the most alarming response came from Pierce Morgan, who um, he's on, well, was on Good Morning Britain. Y'all, this man is obsessed with Meghan Markle. He's obsessed with her. Uh, apparently he's been obsessed with her since her and Harry got together. So there is this video clip where 
uh, Piers Morgan is sharing that he and Megan hung out one time and he had a good time hanging out with her. And when she left, after they were hanging out, she left to meet up with Harry and that he never heard from her again. This is a man scorn, y'all. He is a bitter bitch. Here's the thing. He was married. Like you've had this, he's had this ax to grind for years now, like three years or four years, or far too long. And he is a married man, which I didn't know. Maybe he's not married anymore, but at the time he was. So the day after the interview aired, Pierce Morgan went off, called that child everything but a child of God. He said that um, he didn't believe, he said, and I quote, I'm sorry, I don't believe a word she said. I wouldn't believe it if she read me a weather report. So he didn't believe any of the mental health stuff. He was hollering, this is disrespectful to the queen and other privileged white man shit. So his co-host read him for filth. His co-host name is Alex and Alex is a cutie pie. I don't know much about Alex, but he's a cutie pie and he black. And he said that they had been forced to listen to his Morgan's rants day after day. He said he is tired of the disparaging comments. I don't understand. No, he says, and I, this is a quote. I understand you don't like Meghan Markle. You made it so clear a number of times on this program. And I understand that you have a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since the cutoff? Question mark. I don't think she has. Yet you continue to trash her. And in typical bitch-like behavior, Pierce responded, I'm sorry, I can't do this and walked off. What a punk bitch. (laughs) You were fine berating a black woman who ain't do shit to you. And a minute a black man checks you, all you do is walk off. Listen. The media has been reading him for filth and rightfully so. There are some people who are just like, oh, that's him. That, that doesn't make it okay. If you just, ha- if your only justification for someone's bad behavior is that's who they are, please know that that is not okay. You don't get an excuse for continuing to be a terrible ass individual or for being harmful. So after that, Alex, <laughs> the handsome black British guy, He went to Twitter and he said, I wish I had the privilege to sit on the fence. In order for me to do that, I would have to strip myself of my identity. And that's not something I can do. It's not any of our places to pick apart claims of racism in order to make us feel more comfortable. And he is absolutely right. It is so exhausting being black sometimes. It is so exhausting to have to constantly defend your experiences. It is exhausting for people to constantly give you their ass to kiss and expecting you to suck it up and just do it. After all of the stuff I've seen, and from the UK in particular, I felt so bad for her. I felt so bad for Harry. Um, I would feel bad for anyone in that situation. It's unfair. He was born into that family. He didn't ask for that. He didn't have a choice. But he's riding for his wife. And to see the mistreatment she has experienced is hurtful to him. And he had to worry about his wife, right? When you when you findeth a woman, you findeth a thing, right? And you're supposed to leave and cleave to your wife and leave your family. So he is supposed to ride for his wife and he is he had no idea that it would have to come in the in such an extent but he is doing what he is supposed to do as a man and not only witnessing the mistreatment of his wife but the biases that have taken place against his son y'all half of this shit happened before his son was even born can you imagine all that is going on and your child ain't even here how does one try to comfortably enjoy their pregnancy with all of this shit is going on? Like, that's a lot. Pregnancy is hard in and of itself. But then you got to add all of this onto it. My gosh, that is a lot. Um, They have a nice home. They seem to be very happy in California. They have a little uh, chicken coop and everything. And 
it looks like they have peace. Now, one of the things Harry did share was that when he was in Canada, his father cut him off. His father quit speaking to him. So they don't really have like a active relationship. Um, He can and does, you know, he does get to speak to his grandmother. But yeah, that's about it. Um, Now, the press caught his brother out, Prince William, and Prince William just said that the royal family isn't racist. And I don't know why people feel like that just fixes everything by saying I'm not a racist. I don't care if you call a spade a spade. If you have racist-like behaviors and you are a support of racism and you are not speaking out against the racist things that people are saying, if it walk like a dog, and it quack like a duck, my nigga, it's a duck. Like, it is what it is. Um, I don't know how long we're going to continue to hear about this in the headlines. You know that people have the attention span of a gnat. And so something is hot until it's not. And then the next big thing comes in and takes it over. So um, second to watching the interview, Oprah was on CBS in the morning the next day and she shared some additional never before seen footage from the interview and things of that nature. Um, She did a great job. She was shocked by a lot of the things that they shared. Um, There were no questions that were off limits. Um, Megan and Harry were not paid for the interview. Oprah was not paid to do the interview, but Oprah sold the interview and made a billion, 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 billion dollars. (laughs) Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting to see. Um, in the beginning, I was like all smiley, like, oh, it's nice to see them. And then just listening, it was just like sad. Like you could have drank a whole ass bottle of wine listening to that. Um, but if you have not seen it, if you care, you definitely can find it. And if not, that is fine too. But um, yeah, I feel like, like I said, another new headline will come about and we'll never hear anything about this no additional words from the palace if there is I would be surprised so anyway y'all that's it that's all thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mimi said what I appreciate you thank you for listening for subscribing and for sharing tell a friend to tell a friend all right so you can follow me at Mimi Cute Lips everywhere on social. And as you continue the conversation, don't forget to use hashtag Mimi said what? Until next time, cuties.